I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With Science. Today, we are looking at the cutting-edge tech that is changing football at every level. NFL has been late to the party when it comes to big data and its analytics, but now it's game on. <laughs> We're talking player tracking, biodata, and virtual reality training that are revolutionizing the way players and coaches do their thing. The guys responsible for bringing us all this technical ecstasy are today's guests. Jill Stelfox, VP of Zebra Technologies, whose organization is changing the way coaches go about their game day strategies and much, much more. I love the way you say Zebra. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. And Derek Belch, uh, CEO and co-founder of Striver, is one of the men behind the VR training sensation that is sweeping through the world of football. And Buddy Tevens, head coach at Dartmouth College, yeah. who's actually benefiting from the appliance of this science. And as a special bonus, we have Neil deGrasse Tyson talking to New York Jets quarterback and all-round smart guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. So stick around. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. And to kick things off, we're going to take a little look and listen to a clip of a coach interacting uh. with some technology on the sideline. And you know, it always doesn't go the way you think it does. Well, Belichick was checking out the tablet and was not happy. Look out, tablet. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those of you who don't who have... Won? <laughs> yeah, the tablet who, of Belichick. I don't, I don't think the tablet, just like anybody who goes up against Bill Belichick, uh, the tablet ultimately lost. But I kind of think we saw there, we witnessed a watershed moment. The old school, old school clipboard, pen, right. paper right. versus a bit of new technology. Mm -hmm. And I think from now on, we're going to see the guys that side and the guys the other side. And it's true because um, what we were just witnessing, for those of you who are listening, uh, what we were witnessing uh, here in studio was Bill Belichick taking a tablet, throwing it down like, like it was a mm. clipboard. And it's like, dude, those cost money. Yeah. Like, Okay, we can get more clipboards, all right? These things we're actually paying for because the NFL has a um, partnership with Microsoft Surface and they use them instead of clipboards because not only can you write plays on them, you can yeah. pull up pictures. I mean, it's a completely immersive, interactive experience plus on the sideline. it's $400 million dollars worth Right, contract. plus it's a $400 million <laughs> deal. You know, that always helps, yeah, right? That's so, right. But like you said, Gary, mm. what you have is a classic depiction of old school and mm. new school coming together. And right there, we saw a little bit of a clash. And, and here's another clip that we have that actually shows exactly what you said. Yeah. Old school, as in the game, coming together with new school, which is technology the way it should be. Yeah. So what does all this data mean? Many tech companies are hoping it means new ways to exploit and enhance the game viewing experience. The way we integrate next-gen stats into the broadcast is basically by following along the storylines of the game. Giants in Washington getting set to start on Thursday night football. We look to find big-time gain with running backs or wide receivers. We look to say separation between defensive backs and wide receivers. Manning back to throw, steps up, deep ball, Odell Beckham Jr. on the post. Now someone can say, it's 22 miles an hour fast. You bet it is, it's number one in the league this week. Jumps up, makes the catch, touchdown Giants! Wow. Wow, indeed. You know what's going to happen? Yeah. There's going to be so much data comes off of this kind of tech. The teams are not going to know what to do with it. And the smart guys are going to find out how to access everything that they can give them. 
quicker than the others, and that's going to give them the edge. Yeah, it's like technological warfare yeah. along with the warfare that's on the field, that's <laughs> happening on the field, which yeah. is, you know, we've 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 seen it for years in baseball. You know, there are certain things in baseball that you do that are just automatic. If you have a man on this base and a man on this base and there's two outs, you know, you do this. Mm. If there's one out, then you bunt. If you understand, if you if 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 you 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 position a player in this way for a suicide squeeze for, you know, yeah. so there's so many like there's so much Do you uh, know something you said earlier on before we came on air? What's that? I know it's a gladiatorial event, right? Absolutely. This is weaponized. True. The teams. Yes. Um, this is really where it's gone. This in, is where in, it's in a weird. nice way. <laughs> no, yeah, side, no, but that, it really has. It's the coolest thing. It's teams yeah. weaponizing technology. The other thing that's cool is Neil deGrasse Tyson catching up with New York Jets quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, a man entrusted with not just this technology, but the ball too. Do you have any sense that uh, artificial intelligence going forward could, in one way or another, assist the game of football? Could there be some some machine that analyzes the, the the game unfolding as a coach would, but then have much better data? Kind of like in baseball, where there's so much time between plays, there's, everybody can just look at the, the yeah. lifetime of statistics. What, what zone does this player hit the ball into? You know, do, do you think do you see a future for AI in the NFL? It's difficult because there are so many statistics in baseball. There's so many things that. Uh, that they have in that game that we don't in ours. Ours is, I guess, maybe a little more imperfect, and uh, there are certainly patterns. But uh, yeah, but aren't they aren't they tracking you now with chips so that they know how much you've run and how far you've gone in a game and 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 positionally? Uh, yes, that's, that's the next they, thing, right? And also maybe the even for player safety, the impact potentially, you know, a blow to the head or something. I think that's some way that. It may affect the game. So do you foresee a time where there's not only the chip that tracks where you are and how many, uh, how, many uh, uh, how far you've run, but also yeah. something that can measure accelerations, kind of like the accelerometer on your, on your smartphone. Um, th if that's the case, then we can track how much damage has happened or how much um, sort of... Um, how much stress your body has sustained during a game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, is that coming? Do you see that coming? It, I think it's right there. I think it's, it's really close and they'll even, they have like the next gen stats. So during a game, they'll talk about, um, you know, who ran the fastest. They'll put it up on the scoreboard. You know, somebody ran 21.8 miles an hour. And so even to track how fast, People are going at their top speed in the beginning of the game versus the end of the game. <laughs> the fatigue and how tired people get. Who's and all most that tired? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, and if you have data on them, you can say, this guy's going to tire out by the first quarter. Third quarter, let's run against him instead of some. I mean, this is like base, like, like we agreed. Baseball does this, been doing this forever. Wow. And the, the funny thing is, yep. wow. Neil, Neil is making conjecture there. Hmm. But the truth is, all that technology exist right now. Yeah, the future is today. The future is today, and the the, the person who actually helps the NFL uh, do that is with us right now uh, on the line. We have uh, uh, VP of Zebra Technologies, uh, Jill Stelfox. Jill, welcome to the show. Hi, Jill. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, uh, okay, pleasure. straight out, what is the science behind 
your technology and what does it provide the NFL, the clubs, the coaches, the players? We have um, two RFID chips Mm -hmm. in the shoulder pads of each football player. We also have that same technology on the refs, on the sticks, and in the ball this last season for Thursday night games. Wow. Okay. And so those, those chips blink positional information up to 25 times a second, and it's <laughs> caught with receivers in the stadium. So when a movement happens on the field of play to when we get it in our servers, it's about 120 milliseconds, so near real time. Wow. Um, exactly. That, I mean, that is extremely impressive. And what you're really talking about is, I was about to say, you said near real time. I'm like, that's real time tracking. And mm. for those who are uninitiated, uh, RFID is simply radio frequency identification, which yes. uh, is not really a new technology. Uh, RFID, RFID uh, has been around for, for quite some time. But it's using it in a new way. You are using it in a very unique way. How exactly did you guys come to uh, – how did this come about? Because, I mean, first of all, it's genius mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to be able to track players in real time, and we'll get into the benefits of that. But how exactly did this come about? So it's interesting because just like you guys were saying, RFID technology has been around for years and years and years and years. And at Zebra, we have been using it in – manufacturing of cars and planes and all kinds of heavy equipment, retail, for a long, long time, where we track goods, people, services. And the interesting thing is we were, about three years ago, we were looking at what other areas could use technology like this, and we came up with sports. And we did a test with the NFL, and it worked great. And so we've been working with them as their official player tracking um, company for the last three or four years. And it's been great, actually. All kinds of insights. So what sort of data can you provide Chuck, who's my new head coach here, in-game? Or is there a delay as to the information being assimilated and then brought to the coach's table or on a tablet in front of him? So today we provide in-game um, information around speed, distance, um, closing distance of two players, wow. for example. And all of that information goes to fans and the broadcaster for the game. Okay. It's not actually used by the coaching staff on the sidelines today. Okay. No. Um, but, all, but the data goes to coaches, um, trainers, um, all of those kind of folks four hours after the end of a game. Okay, so... So they've got access to the information after the game. So it's really, it's serving kind of a twofold purpose. On the one hand, you're making the game a little bit more exciting for the viewer. Yep. Because now there is another layer for the viewer to get into the game. So uh, let's say you get a a, um, a punt return where uh, the player breaks away down the sideline mm-hmm. and you can track the speed that that player is running for the entire play. And you can broadcast that speed almost in real time to the viewer who is in the stadium, right? Exactly. It's interesting because it ends up being in real time to the television viewer because, uh, you know, our television feed is delayed 10 to 15 seconds. Exactly. And so 
it's in real time to the television viewer and near real time to the stadium viewer. So, so anybody who's into fantasy football, I can see this becoming another like another aspect of yeah. fantasy football. It's a more immersive experience for football fans. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. So you can imagine I have uh, lots of friends during fantasy football uh, season because there is a tremendous amount of information that you can get from um, these chips and that the NFL today makes available to fans. Um, one of the things, for example, that um, you guys were talking about earlier is, you know, the speed at the beginning of a game versus the speed at the end of a game. Mm-hmm. And obviously for fantasy football, that's a nice thing to know. Oh, absolutely. And now when you talk about this uh, from a coaching standpoint, you say that, you know, um, uh, basically are, are you giving like – from a big data standpoint, like just all this information, is it kind of like a data dump for from the entire game that the coaches now have at their disposal? Uh, because I, I would imagine you would be able to uh, utilize players differently mm. based on the data that you're providing after a game. Yeah, it's actually really kind of fascinating because it's a good example of big data in that, you know, calculating the latitude and longitude of all 22 players during the whole game, it's a tremendous amount of data. But really, if you're a coach, what you want to know is, in that play, did we run it effectively? Hmm. And, hmm. you know, did if I could do it over, did I have the right matchup? Right. Know, in terms of the time of the game and, you know, where my players were at. But then think about it from the player perspective which is what I would call small data. Like, I want to know, how did I do? Was I effective? And what three to five things could I improve on for next game? Well, and that's you, the kind of thing you can get from this. So the thing, I'm, while you're saying that, my mind's kind of exploring how I would use the data. And then I realize you're giving me an absolute massive amount of data. Firstly... Are the coaches able, or do they realize yet just how much data they've got access to? And are they asking the right questions of it, as far as you're aware? So two things. One is this kind of data needs history to it. And so this is our um, third full year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's, you need to sort of collect that much data to be able to look back and say, gosh, out of my 16 games in the last three years, how effective were we? And so some of it is that, believe it or not, you need more and more data to get better answers. Hmm. Um, And now that we're here in this year, I would say, yes, they're asking great questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they do get all the data, but they also get a lot of um, tools to be able to analyze the data, summary information, great reports so that they don't have to go fish through all the details. And do you um, do you help them with that? Does your company actually help kind of break down the data so it's um, uh, delivered in these digestible forms? We do. Um, the NFL provides information. We also provide information. Um, it's funny because when you work with data a lot, you can obviously – get a lot of insights. And one of the things I always joke about is, you know, at Zebra, we're a bunch of data nerds. 
And, you know, at the NFL, they're football people. And so you bring those two skills together, and I mm. think you can get some really great insights. That's awesome. Can you, can you tell us about uh, um, enterprise asset intelligence, which is something I heard you talk about, and um, I'm a bit of a nerd myself. but Doesn't uh, show. <laughs> but uh, tell us about that, enterprise asset intelligence. Yeah, so enterprise asset intelligence, we think, is the ability to give you visibility into information that you wouldn't ordinarily get and turn that visibility into, you know, what we call insights. And so bringing together lots of data, being able to analyze it very quickly and then allow you to make good decisions. And so if you if we go back to our roots in the manufacturing environment, for example, when you're out on the manufacturing floor building a car, you need to know in seconds if something's going wrong. And mm-hmm. if it is, what are the three options that you have to get the line back on track? And so we give you kind of that next best answer of what to do or next best action. Wow. Uh, I'm just thinking the application of that in football is tremendous because it sounds to me like what you did was you took something that was really a logistics thing. Because when you talk about manufacturing and you tracking know device. and tracking yeah. devices, I mean for for in a in a lifetime ago, uh, when I first got out of school, I was the um, the shipping manager for a company for a short period of time. Uh, and, and did that my, go well? <laughs> and as you can see now, I'm a comedian. So that, that'll, show, that'll show you how well it went. <laughs> but uh, my job was to track our merchandise yeah. uh, from Hong Kong to uh, uh, FOB Hong Kong to here in the States, wherever the destination was. What I'm seeing here is as a coach, you can actually use this to see where your players are and and how effective they are hmm. on the field. Like, it, this might even be something where a coach says, you know what, we need to move this guy. Like, the way this guy moves, he'd be better in this other position. Is, is that am – I, am I thinking too much into this? No, you're not. That's exactly what it's able to do. Wow. And you can see – the nice thing about having this data is you really can see – the effectiveness of these players, and you can say, gosh, I think, by the way, we play you on the right, but when I look back at your stats, you're better on the left. You're much more effective, so let's put you there. Or you're better in this position over that position. Or, by the way, if you practiced a little bit less, you'd have more energy on game day, which would be great. Where else can you go with your technology to assist and can, and can you yeah. bring in other technologies? So, for instance, you talk about uh, tracking speed, right? Um, yeah. And if, if we were able to take that and then bring in the bio data of that particular player, mm-hmm. right, we might know that, hey, you know what? This guy, uh, he just ran uh, 45 yards uh, on one play. He needs, to, he needs to actually sit out for a play yeah. uh, based on his heart rate, based on this, that, and the other. Is it, are you headed towards that um, state in, in your technology where you're able to bring in biodata and then combine the two and give real-time in-game feedback? Or is that a goal, or am I crazy? No, actually, it's here now. Oh, so, um, oh, in, Jill. In oh, practice, tell me more. 
Yeah, in practice. So not in game. Biodata is not used in game, but in practice, mm-hmm. uh-huh. we do use biodata. So in our chip, we also have um, an accelerometer. Oh. And so there's information there around accelerometry. But things like heart rate, hydration, mm-hmm. those things are generally Bluetooth enabled, and our chip reads Bluetooth. Whoa. We gather that information off the body and send it back to the same um, system and right on the side of the practice field using surface tablets, coaches, trainers can get all that information, heart rate, speed, distance. Um, one of the funny things in practice is, are they practicing or are they just talking <laughs> so you, Jill, don't be giving away too many you're, secrets you're, about the players. So you're also big, like it. You're also big brother. Like you'll like it's just like all right, Johnson, you're mailing it in right yeah. here. We got the technology. No, there's that, nowhere to hide. Yeah, like you, you, you can actually tell whether or not a guy is making the kind of effort that he's supposed to make uh, based by the marriage of the uh, bio data and the tracking, right? That's exactly right. So you can come up with what we would call an effort or an exertion mm-hmm. um, number, and it tells you how are you doing based on your best day of practice, your best day of game day, and then, you know, where do you fit this time of the yeah, season cross, in terms cross-referencing. of hydration. Exactly. Jill, how long before you can measure emotional states? Like, uh, my <laughs> wife just left me. I lost uh, my kitten. The, the safety and the cornerback are ganging up on me. I'm, I'm not feeling too clever. I'm being how long, bullied. Yeah, how long before you're able to tap that particular reservoir and bring the data out of there? I honestly think that we're far away. However, it's one of the things that you can see so clearly in the data. We also did this year the college championship game. Yes. And when you look at that game, it is amazing the will that comes out of those kids that run farther and faster than they should in the fourth quarter, than any statistic would say they would be able to, yet they're doing it. So, there's a, so, so there, there is a psychological uh, element to, yeah. to the tracking. Yep. There really is. I don't know how to capture a, you know, the meaning of it, but it's amazing to watch. Oh, man. This whole thing is just it is super fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're out of time for the segment. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, you are beyond the cutting edge uh, right now. And uh, one really quick last question. Do you, are, you, are you planning to take this technology into other sports? Because uh, I can see the applications in basketball and it, even baseball as well. Is that Are you guys looking to do something with the NBA and the Major League Baseball? We are looking to do things with all kinds of leagues and in test with many of them now. Awesome. Well, Jill, uh, the very best of luck, and thank you for sharing your time with us. It's been a real eye-opener for not just Chuck and myself, but all of our listeners. Thank you. You are all right. welcome. All, all right. right, let's take a break. Yeah. Uh, man. Man, that's, you know well, what? Yeah. That thing does everything. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Isn't it great? Yeah. Right, we're going to take a break. We're going from the reality of technology that does everything on the field and then probably a little bit more to the virtual reality that comes with training and the developments therein. So if you want to know what's really cutting edge in virtual reality and NFL training, stick around. We're back very, very shortly. 
Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly, and I'm Chuck Nice, and this is Playing, Playing with, with Science. Science. And today we're exploring how new technology is transforming the world of football. We're also featuring clips from an interview Neil deGrasse Tyson did with New York Jets quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, let's check out our next clip. Something cool with technology that they're doing too: uh, virtual reality, uh, which is just a different way for us to see the game, whether for us, a lot of times it's in practice right now, but guys maybe that aren't getting the reps on the field, they can uh, put on the headset and kind of go through a play and, and potentially that helps speed up development for some of the younger guys. Interesting. So they can put themselves on the field, even though they're not on the field. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's great because you can, you can hit play just like you're you know, watching a show on Netflix or something and look around and essentially feel like you're in the play. You can hit pause and you know, look behind you, look up, look down at your shoes. Uh, it's pretty, pretty neat. Wouldn't that be cool if you can do that in real life? <laughs> yes, it would. It you're the quarterback. Would. Pause. Okay, I got this. Right. <laughs> I, I feel that at home a lot of the time, too, with the kids and the chaos. It would be great to hit pause. You see an NFL quarterback <laughs> embracing new technology. Yeah. And the whole thing about playing with science is to bring you closer to that tech. So joining us by video to bring his insight into everything that's become cutting edge. It's Derek Belsh, CEO and co-founder of Striver, Striver. the guys behind the virtual te reality yes. technology and welcome, training. Welcome, Derek. Yeah. How are you, buddy? Thanks, guys. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it. First question. Can you please give us a very brief primer on virtual reality for people living under a rock like myself versus augmented reality? Sure. Uh, so virtual reality, you know, at its simplest definition is really the what we call the illusion of non-mediation. That sounds a little complicated. Uh, basically immersion. So complete and total immersion. The idea that your mind is being taken to another place yeah. while your body uh, is standing in you know, a room in California, for example. Right. Uh, so you know, that's basically VR. AR uh, is exactly how it sounds. It aug it's a tool to augment your daily life, the real world. Uh, you know, a car has had augmented reality for a long time with heads-up displays on the windshield. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are hoping long-term that you can put on a pair of glasses and be shown all of the safety features in a factory mm -hmm. while you're walking around. So, you know, basically VR, complete and total immersion, AR, augmenting the real world. Yeah. And, right. and the thing about VR that uh, for anybody who's played a virtual reality game, if you use like uh, like uh, HTC or any of these very um, advanced uh, virtual reality games, your brain doesn't know the difference. Like when you're being attacked by zombies, you feel like fear for your life. You're like, I'm about to die from these zombies. So, you know, is is that kind of the premise behind what you do when you're putting players in VR? Yeah, I mean, if it's done correctly, that is the reaction that people should have. You know, obviously we're not creating first person shooters or zombie yep. games uh, at Striver. But yeah, I mean, we... That, that's one of the reasons that we were so successful right out of the gate in 2015 is because people put on the headset and they said, wow, this is football. Uh, this is not a video game. This is not cheesy. This is not stupid. Uh, they got it right away. And, and I think, you know, as far as the early adopters are concerned, it, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Now, is part of that because you were a player. I mean, you were a player. You're a coach. 
and now you are the progenitor of this particular usage of this technology. How did that actually factor into you making what you've made? So I, I appreciate the compliment uh, to call me a player. I was a place kicker, and not a lot of people think uh, place kickers are football players. So I, I appreciate that. Eric, you're on the team. Uh, That's enough. Yeah. And let me tell but, you something. It's, it's more than what most people could do. You know what I do? Yeah. I, sit on, I sit my fat ass on a couch, and I watch guys like you place kick. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you so, uh, but, but, yes, that, that, that did help tremendously. Uh, the fact that I, I did play for five years, more importantly, coached, uh, at the time when we were, you know, moving this thing through collegiate NFL buildings, Trent Edwards, uh, who played in the NFL for six years and was a teammate of mine at Stanford, was right by my side. You know, the fact that football people were coming in and showing uh, a tech yeah. product was a big deal. And, and we had a lot of coaches tell us in the room after we were done, hey, thank you for actually knowing how our world works, because we see a lot of tech every day. And mm -hmm. Nobody can communicate what it actually means uh, and how it will actually fit in. So that was a huge factor in our success early on. So without giving away all of your secrets, what is the tech behind Striver? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at our core, uh, we use real video to create a virtual environment for, for players, uh, for athletes. And, you know, that comes, that has its positives and negatives. The, the, the positives are it's real. It looks real. It sounds real. It feels real. It's not a, a goofy video game character kind of, you know, choppy, choppily running across the screen. Mm. Uh, there is science behind this coming out of Stanford where I'm, I'm watching somebody in a virtual environment. And if they don't move like a real person, my brain is going to tune out. Uh, so the fact that we can give you a fairly accurate 360 degree, fully immersive view of what you actually see on the field, real sounds, real, real movements, real speed, that, that's a big deal. And that's really cool. Uh, the negatives are, Right now, honestly, like football, American football is probably the best sport. Uh, we have a few teams that we're working with in the NBA. There's a few kind of isolated use cases in basketball. Baseball will get there eventually when the clarity, you know, improves on the headset. But for now, soccer, hockey, certain elements of basketball where there's a lot of fluidity and movement, probably not good for VR because it makes people sick. Uh, American football is is the best the best use case because everybody starts from a static position. They read, they react, and they go and. And, you know, the way that we do it, that's the best use case today. And, and we'll kind of see where this goes long term. OK, let's fold it back onto you. You're a place kicker. Would it have benefited you, the VR training, or is it just for one particular position only? Uh, so it would have absolutely benefited me because I had a strong leg and, and a weak mind. Uh, so seeing <laughs> seeing. Uh, so we, we actually did a, a test two years ago with the Stanford kicker who I coached uh, when he was a backup for a couple of years. And he was three for six lifetime coming mm. in uh, to, to 20, the 2015 season. We built him this little visualization tool where he could watch himself make kicks over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, he went 18 out of 20 in 2015. He was all conference. I think he went 22 of 27 this past year. He just set the all-time field goal accuracy record in Stanford history. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, absolutely, yeah, it absolutely can work from a visualization standpoint. He's not the only kicker that's been using our stuff in that way. That's amazing. Uh, we're doing this for quarterbacks. We're doing it for linebackers. We're doing it for safeties. Hey, let's, uh, well, let's, let's talk about quarterbacks for a second. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because when you, when you think about the NFL, um, right now with the speed of linebackers and the blitzing, blitz, blitzing packages that these coaches are putting into the games, I mean, uh, the, it's, it's, it's incredible how quickly a play unfolds. And you're looking at guys needing to get rid of the ball in about two seconds, 2.2 seconds. Like, those are the guys that really do well. 
Okay. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Unless you're, well, yeah. <laughs> well, even Aaron Rodgers has a pretty quick release. I mean, he can he can make some time with his feet. Yeah. yeah but um, so, are you able to create different scenarios and then measure like? the improvement in a player's performance. So you would give, like, you would go from a three-second play, and now let's make it so that it's now a two-second play, and let's see how you're doing or how you're progressing. Are you able to kind of hold a player's hand and move them along the process? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of what we do is honestly dependent on how much time a coach and a player want to put into this. Uh, There are some teams we're working with that are, doing very surface level, easy things that kind of integrate right into their routine. They don't have to change much. Uh, Other teams are really going all in on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we actually just unveiled an assessment tool to do what you're talking about. Hey, if you need to make a decision in 0.8 of a second, which is happens a lot Mm -hmm. against the blitz, especially we want to know if if you know it in 0.8 of a second, we want to know if you click that button while you're in the virtual environment fast enough. We want to see where your head's moving and make sure that you're actually looking in the right spot. So uh, this can be a very, very powerful assessment tool. Um, we are working on, you know, how do we put this in the hands of the teams even more so they don't have to tell us a hundred different things they want and we do it and there's a long turnaround time. We're building the tools so they can do a lot of this on their own. You know, that as an off-season tool, when I can't be on the field getting reps as an in-season tool, when I'm a backup and I don't get reps, uh, really, really phenomenal uh, use cases across the board. Do you see this as a cognitive skill enhancer as well as the the ability to read patterns, the pattern recognition side of it? Oh, sure. Yeah, and I think the you know the the biggest thing as to why VR works is I don't have to get twenty one other guys to go out on the field to, to get right. that rep, and, right. and I can mm. get it. I can get it a hundred times instead of two. Um, I don't know how many players have actually done you know one play a hundred times but you know we we look at all the data and we have some nfl quarterbacks that we've asked them hey why did you watch that play 16 times and they say well i only got it once in practice so so and i I know he's going to call it in the game so that 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 is why vr can be effective and you know it's all about what people want to put into it If, if the goal is to memorize a route if the goal is to memorize a coverage they do it if the goal is just to use this as that last little bit of mental confidence um, going into the game, they do it. So everybody uses this in a, in, a, in a different way. It's been pretty neat to see. From my point of view, looking at it technically, the 360-degree cameras, you got to have them in the right place. You can't bring them into a game situation. Or can you, or are you working on that already? Yeah, so, you know, we... In a sense, we've kind of hit a wall a, a little bit <laughs> with mm. where, uh, where where we can take this thing. Um, we... You know, we, we've come up with a lot of different ways for content capture. Uh, you guys may have seen some of the stuff that Intel's been doing um, in games with the their their company replay technologies that they acquired, where you can you know rotate and get yeah. different angles. Yeah. So that, that that's the future for sure. Right. Um, the bulk of what we've done to date has been in practice, and it's been kind of how much time do players and coaches want to dedicate to this long term? That it's probably two or three years away from being VR ready. Something like that, uh, and, and we're very close with Intel in, in that regard, is it, definitely coming down the pipe. Hey, you know, I saw that you tweeted out to uh, Clemson congratulating them on a national championship. Uh, did you work with those guys, or do you just know people there? Uh, Clemson was our second college team that jumped on two years ago. Wow. Uh, and oh, wow. Without going into too much detail, I will tell you that they used the heck out of it, uh, and they use it in many different ways, and 
uh, again, back to what you guys asked before about mm. being a former player and kind of understanding that world. Right. We're not, we're not going to say VR is the reason that they just went to back-to-back okay, national Derek, titles. Okay, Derek, 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 right? Derek, bro, got to yeah. stop you right there. You're the CEO <laughs> of a company, okay? All right? I don't want to hear that talk anymore. Here's the deal. The reason why they won is because of VR, all right? Yeah. That's right. Striver won the championship. As a matter of fact, they call it the Clemson Striver Championship. That's the way you got to do this, baby. I'm going to say it for you, man. I just found your new poster boy. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But the, the teams appreciate when we don't say stuff like that. I'm you know? sure. So, That's why I say uh, it for you, bro. Hey, this uh, is just fascinating stuff. Congratulations. Yeah man on taking uh you know nascent technology and then uh seeing it through to a place now where it looks as though it's going to become an integral part of what we know as america's greatest pastime it's not baseball it is football and uh we all know that and uh, uh congratulations man well, job well done thank you guys i appreciate it uh, happy to come on anytime Derek, thank you. Derek Belch there from uh, Striver, the man behind the VR training technology that is sweeping through football. Up next, well, we'll bring you the coach's perspective on playing with science. Stick around. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing With with Science. Science. And today we are talking about new tech and how it is revolutionizing the world of football. We've spoken already to the man behind the technology, Derek Belch. Let's now get a man who is adopting this technology and using it to his advantage. And joining us now is Buddy Tevens, head coach of football at Dartmouth College. Welcome to the show, coach. Good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. You're it's a welcome. pleasure, Coach T. So how come you got to embrace this technology at Dartmouth? Well, yeah, interesting. It's all who you know. And uh, D- Derek Belch was a recruit for me when I was the head coach at Stanford. Wow. Uh, he and uh, Trent Edwards have put the uh, company together. And uh, I learned about it. And I'm kind of fascinated by the technological advances made in, in everyday life and how are they uh, adaptable to football. Gave him a call and said, look, I can't pay what you guys are paying. He says, Coach, uh, uh, maybe we can help you out. And they've been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the system itself, Striver, right. uh, has helped our, our quarterbacks immensely, our linebackers, our middle players, mm. uh, safeties, uh, and often uh, also our, our running backs and interior linemen. Wow. And now, uh, what you just said is super fascinating, and there's a bunch to unpack there. And so if you could, just in a cursory fashion, kind of break down from a coach's standpoint, the players' positions that you just uh, mentioned and the different benefits of this type of technology, what does it bring to it? So uh, uh, we, we really got into a lot of it. We just talked to Derek. We got into a lot of the quarterback. So barring the quarterback, why don't we start with, like, the safety, which, like, I'm, I'm really interested to see mm. how a position like that might benefit. Well, uh, the, the safety is basically the quarterback on the defensive side of the football. So he's responsible for any number of calls, uh, dispersion of an offensive formation, personnel groupings, uh, and it's hard to get an awful lot of snaps in a practice uh, situation. But we can multiply it exponentially by sending it back to the dorm room, having it on a computer in essentially real time, and a guy can practice making calls, making adjustments. He can see uh, deployment of uh, the offensive players. He can see blocking schemes uh, and can practice his calls. 
And we found that hugely successful. Um, I mentioned the quarterbacks. We do that extensively. We've had great success with our safeties and also our linebackers. Yeah. Now, the linebackers make sense uh, along with the safeties. But did I hear you say interior linemen? Uh, Because how would the VR work with with something like that? Well, you you look at a, a stance. How does a, 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 an offensive lineman, there's cues that we try to identify. Uh, is he heavy in his hand? Is he back on his heels? Uh, is he a little bit wider in his stance? Is his uh, shoulders, are his shoulders a little bit more erect? And when you start to focus on, on that, it's one thing to say it, but it's another to be able to point it out as a coach. Say, hey, look at this. Look at his hands. Man, the w- knuckles are, are, are white. He's coming forward. Hey, look, at there's uh, no color in, in his hands, man. He's leaning back. You know, small things like that may seem insignificant, but if a guy can get just a fraction of a, 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 an a edge or an opportunity uh, to exploit a weakness defensively, uh, from a defensive standpoint, it's going to be beneficial to our team. So uh, the uh, blocking schemes, uh, a back block by an offensive center. You know, if you're three technique or tackle, sees that coming or um, can understand exactly what's happening and then repeatedly view it and watch how it's, uh, the block is, is unfolding, he's better prepared to defend himself against it. Coach, from your personal point of view, how have you accommodated the use of big data to the benefit of your college, your coaches, and your players? Well, we try to use as as much as we can. Uh, uh, We've got basically a statistical breakdown um, on how, how you should call a game. Uh, clock usage, uh, down and distance situations, when should you go for it on a fourth down situation, uh, when you might use your punter and kicker. And it's all kind of a, a, an exploratory uh, opportunity for us, but it's it's been awesome. Uh, just to make you think a little bit more statistically, hey, what are the odds of us going on the uh, plus 40-yard line on a fourth and three uh, as opposed to punting and trying to keep the ball down inside? And, you know, data and data collection and understanding data uh, is huge. I think a lot of guys in our profession maybe are not as willing to kind of step into that. And my thought is, is guys a lot smarter than me figuring this stuff out. So let's try to use some of that knowledge and technical preparation to uh, call a better game and prepare my guys a little bit more productively. So has the data that you've been provided changed your approach as a coach to the game? Yes, it has. Uh, specifically on uh, when would, should we go for it on a fourth down situation. I've become much more aggressive in different field zones. Uh, there's an awareness in terms of clock management and timeouts when you may want to consider uh, using a timeout or letting the clock run, stopping the, ball, uh, the clock and so forth with a, uh, a kill call from the quarterback. Just little subtleties, mm. but if you look uh, nationwide different games and can glean information from some of those different uh, uh, games and compile it and then review it there's some consistencies across the board or some patterns that develop and if I become more aware of the patterns should that opportunity or situation arise I'll I'll reflect back on it and think you know I saw so-and-so do it and I'm going to do something a little bit different or that that timeout I'm not going to use that timeout right now I'm going to save it uh, so, yeah, it makes you think more deeply as a coach. Hmm. And I think it's a tremendous opportunity for a lot of folks 
to try to expand their knowledge of the game and, and really the comfort level with situations that arise during the course of a game. So let me ask you, um, if, if when you when you think about big data and what you were talking about, recognizing patterns and such, um, it kind of reminds me of uh, like a blackjack player sitting at a table. And there's one guy who uses like a basic strategy or he uses like, we know the odds of how many decks in a shoe mm-hmm. and when I get a certain hand, this is how I should play it. As opposed to a guy who says, you know, I got a hunch. I got a hunch the dealer has a six under there. I'm going to hit it, right? So uh, what do you, do do you see big data moving, coaching into uh, a more scientific position as opposed to a more player personnel um, uh, gut type uh, position? Yeah, I, I really think so. Uh, the card counter mindset uh, gives you an advantage uh, to some extent, but the nature of the game, you go on a hunch as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the group that we use in terms of an- analytics, we take a look and, and, and they'll give me a report back each week and say, in this situation, we would have recommended X, but you chose Y. In this situation, Y worked for you. And it may be, hey, my, my kicker had a bad week in practice. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's a 35-plus uh, a guy, uh, but, man, he just wasn't hitting it. So I opted to, 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 to punt. And my kicker hit a nice punt, uh, uh, knocked it back on the two-yard line. We come out looking good. Right. But there's a rationale behind it. And I think it, it will come down to how do you feel? And you've got more immediate information. Uh, you feel like your offensive line is in sync and in rhythm and it's fourth and one. And maybe you think you can run the ISO and, and pick up that yard. Well, then you're going to go with it. Uh, but quite often it's been fairly close in terms of being in sync. But with analytics, it's pushed me into the more aggressive mode. Uh, and what I've heard Army uh, really modify their approach to the game, uh, specifically because the data uh, derived from this, uh, the company. So the uh, days of the conservative coach are finished? Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You know, we've got some of the outliers that will just kind of kind of run it up and take a look. Yeah. and. Uh, I, I guess I, I like to think of myself maybe a little bit more progressive in thought. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. We use, well, it's uh, it's interesting because I think that's where the whole world is going. Absolutely. And, mm. and uh, football is a conservative sport and a conservative approach is generally taken. And I think there's an opportunity for guys to kind of take a look. And, and I don't want to say take a risk. I think it's calculated. And if it's beneficial to our program and our players, you know, everybody looks good. Hey, let me ask you about safety. Always a concern when you're talking about football. It's a very mm. physical contact sport. Um, is there any way that big data is leading to improved player safety? Well, uh, we employ sensors in all of our helmets. Uh, when we get a read, we've got a computer on the sideline, which will res- uh, register uh, contact points on a helmet in magnitude, uh, uh, G-forces essentially. Yeah. And any, anything above a 25, that's, that's significant. And uh, we'll be aware of that. So we will have a trainer just kind of point out if we had a big, big hit. Mm. Now, I'm kind of a maybe the, a different guy to ask about this. We don't tackle. I haven't been tackling for the last six years in practice. Uh, now, before you go any further, Coach, because what you just said is absolutely fascinating. you got to tell us about MVP, which is your thing, the yeah. uh, mobile virtual player. When you say you don't <laughs> tackle, can you please explain to our listeners what you mean by that please. A- and what MVP is? Certainly. Uh, Six years ago, I just, uh, with all the concussive uh, concerns nationwide, uh, I'd done a little bit of research and I opted not to tackle our own players in practice. 
And okay. so we never make a tackle on another Dartmouth player uh, in spring practice, in preseason practice, or during the course of the season. And what I found, what we do tackle are inanimate objects. Uh, what was available were stationary pads, and we'd use those in different uh, drills. And uh, I had an idea of mobilizing one of these static pads. And a good friend of mine uh, from the engineering department, the uh, Thayer School of Engineering is outstanding in terms of development and research and whatnot. Uh, John Courier was a classmate of mine here at Dartmouth. I said, hey, can you make this thing move? And uh, we went into a year-long study. Uh, graduate school uh, was involved at uh, great length. And we came up with MVP, Mobile Virtual Player. And essentially, it mimics the movement of a football player. Uh, and specifically on defense, we can tackle it in innumerable times. And though we stopped tackling live people, and what I should say, we dropped our uh, concussive head injury by roughly 80%. Wow. Uh, peripheral injuries, shoulders, arms, backs, necks, and so forth, that dropped as well. But our missed tackles in ball games uh, dropped 50%. Wow. So, so Ooh, we, we hit each other source. less. Hit each other less, but tackled better. So, you, so less wear and tear on the player and increased efficiency on game day at that. Exactly right. That's amazing. Now, one question. Could you please give this technology to the Philadelphia Eagles? Nah. <laughs> nah. We do. We have eight NFL teams have uh, put it on board. Oh, yeah? Uh, the Steelers specifically have been outstanding with it. Uh, really like what they've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, the Falcons had it uh, down with them. The Ravens, uh, San Francisco 49ers, Notre Dame had it at the college level. So it's in its infancy, but there's there's a lot of positive that's coming back. You know, essentially you can full speed tackle. It's 180 pounds, about six feet tall, runs a four eight, four nine forty. You can tackle it nonstop. Uh, you can cut block it. Things that you don't want to do against your own no, players. Right. Uh, sacking a quarterback. There's not a team in the country in practice that has a defensive lineman actually tackle someone at risk of injury to the quarterback. Right. But we can tackle this dummy, have him simulate a quarterback situation, move and make a tackle. So we become more proficient through tackling more frequently. Uh, I tell people we probably tackle more than anyone in the country in practice, but we just don't tackle each other. Now, has the has the uh, inanimate tackling object actually ever broken a tackle and made somebody look stupid during practice? <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a bloopers reel, guys. Oh, I bet you do, Coach. Because that's got to be that's got to be even more incentive to your players yeah. to tackle well. It's just like, yo, man, the tackling dummy just you just the tackling dummy just broke away. Juked you don't want to be on that holiday. Tape. Yeah, you don't want to be on that. No, want to be on that one. <laughs> that is crazy. Plus, Coach, the great thing about it is it never talks back. No, that's it. It takes instructions. It never gets tired. And, and I should say the rugby world, our rugby team has yeah. been quite successful in the sevens and so forth. Uh -huh. uh, Gavin Hickey has, has put that to use at length and uh, great interest from the rugby world who uh, suffers from the same concerns or, or has the same concerns. Yeah, uh, sure they will do. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so let's um, I, I believe we have a clip because, yes. we, you know, one of the things we're always um interested here on the show is, you know, from a coach's standpoint, uh, you know, ha the, the human element of coaching, you know, because you guys really human, have a tough the, the job. The interaction between coach and yeah, player the, and the element they're in. Right. Yeah. Because you guys have a tough job because you're not only responsible for the team itself and whether you win or lose, ultimately that rests on your shoulders. But then you're also responsible for players, individuals, performances, which has got to be a real no. pain in the ass. 
Backside. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Did I say? You. I'm sorry. Back. Backside. Dartmouth College, after all. Backside. <laughs> but uh, we've got a great clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson yes. uh, talking to uh, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, talking about game momentum and the human element. We want you to take a listen to this and give us your reaction. Is momentum real in terms of? Oh, we got a good lead at the beginning. We're at home. This is momentum we can take to win the game. Is that real, or are you detached from that, and every play is a fresh encounter for you? I think momentum is real, and it, it can be play-to-play, play, it can be quarter-to-quarter, quarter, it can be game-to-game, game, but there's there's just a human element to the game that will never be able to be taken out of it. Guys' feelings, uh, you know, just in terms of, uh, you know, our current record right now, now, there's things that you try to get over and put behind you, but a team that is 10-0 versus a team that is 0-10 is going to have a much more positive outlook going into a game, and and it affects the way that you play. And so I, I think momentum will always be a part of the game because of the just the human element. Going back to the data that you're able to accumulate through a whole variety of technology now, has that taken out the element of momentum? Are you able to reduce the odds more in your favor with more information? No, I think I agree with Ryan. The, the human element will always be present. And uh, it's, it's such an emotional game and the enthusiasm uh, and energy is, is required. But I like to think some of the data can help elevate that level right. you get on a roll you make a fourth down a big critical fourth down play you go for it and deep in your own territory and right. you make it energizes guys they right. start believing they start flying around so i think the two can go hand in hand coach bear with us we have another clip with neil degrasse tyson talking to ryan fitzpatrick here it comes i, I only read this recently and that uh that coaches do not go for f first down on on fourth down, don't go for for first down uh -huh. as much as they should. Because, of course, sometimes you're not going to make it. But the times you do, some fraction of those go on to score. You can do that statistically. Right. So, But it's against the coach's feeling that that's the case. If you read the data and you have your background in math and statistics and, and analysis in ways that others don't, and the whole league recognizes you as one of the top five smart people, can you walk up to the coach and say, Coach, no. No, I've read the math on this. Your your hunch is wrong. I'm going to do the play the way the statistics takes it. Is that a real conversation <laughs> that can happen? Ooh, uh, it'd be probably be a very one-sided conversation. I, I don't know if it would even be met with a response. But going, going back to what we were just talking about, the momentum. So fourth down in a football game, if you go for it, is a very – a uh, huge potential momentum swing. If you get it, it's great for you. If you don't get it, then all of a sudden it swings the other way. And so I think more so than just, um, you know, the data, the statistics, the probabilities, um, there's probably a little bit more to it. And, and maybe that's that gut instinct or feeling that a coach has. You know, you spoke to that a little earlier, Coach, uh, about those fourth mm. down situations and how you use big data. Um, but um, is is there anything specific that you'd like to add to that in terms of what your game day decisions will be and how they relate to the data that you're being given in real time? 
Uh, no, I'll prepare just kind of the analytic end of it. I'll evaluate my team. What do I think we can do against an opponent and then adjust as, as time goes on? Hey, we think we're more physical and man, we're getting uh, whipped today. Uh, the play selection may, may change or the, the call may change. You know, we're not on and they, we're not uh, executing the way that we need to. And I think that's the human element that can never be replaced. I don't think you can go absolutely by the book, but I think the book can a- a- help you on occasion. And I think the, the most successful Coaches will have that combination. Uh, you, you, you know the data, you know the stats, uh, you're prepared mentally going into a ball game, then you read your players, you read the weather, uh, you read the, the momentum and the energy, and you make a decision based on that. So what you're saying basically is we're never going to have an artificial intelligence head coach of a football game, of a football team. That's That just can't happen. You you, no. you have job security. I mean, <laughs> he or, said or, really. Or, <laughs> he or, said, I him, <laughs> or I have him all fooled. One of the two. <laughs> there you go. Because coach in the end, a laptop never won a game. Am I right? Exactly right. There can't you take go. A hit. Can't, coach can't Stevens, it's been an absolute honor, sir. Thank you, and the best of luck to you and yours at Dartmouth College. Thanks so much, coach. Yeah, that's you guys fabulous. Are the best. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Oh, you doubt. are welcome. Please We'd come back. Please, Please come back do, and talk yeah. to us. Okay, so that's our little insight into technology and football, Chuck. Oh, my God. Fascinating stuff, man. Yeah. Like, super cool. Like, uh, now, you know, here's the thing. I would feel a little better about being on the sideline uh, because I could never be on the field, but I think I could actually help a team win, like, you know, without pom-poms, which is what I normally do. Like short, short, it's going to take a while for me to get rid of that image. Short, uh, I'm short, Gary O'Reilly. Short shorts and pom-poms. He's the guy with the pom-poms. You, you know you want it. And this has been <laughs> Playing With Science. And before we go, remember, a laptop never won a game of football. Or will it? Never know. <laughs>